Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com. Uh, where you'll find links to the audio only and the podcast and the yada, yada, yada. And broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning. It is the Michael Duke Show, and it is Thursday. We've got to hurry up and get this show over so that I can go outside and start shoveling again. No, I mean it really. It's uh, it's not good. Uh, welcome to the program, and thanks for coming in and joining us. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it is uh, another. I was think maybe maybe the weatherman's wrong. I was thinking maybe just maybe the weatherman is incorrect and we'll be fine. And uh, the answer to that is, of course, uh, no, it's not. Uh, there's uh, another. I don't know. It's up to the, it's up to almost the top of the tires again, all over again. It's, it just, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Was that 14 inches? Probably 15 inches. Um, on, on most of your, most of the tires, most of the cars. Good morning and welcome to the program. Um, it is, uh, it's Thursday and we have got, um, uh, we're so close, so close to, um, the Christmas, the Christmas break. Uh, and we're, we're just, <clears throat> just getting ready for it. Just, I can feel it. I can feel the joy of not having to talk about, uh, uh, of not having to talk about, uh, uh, you know, politics for another day here on the big radio program. Uh, first and foremost, uh, it's official, uh, here in South Central, we have uh, we've hit a we've hit a record. It's record breaking, record breaking uh, snow and storms and stuff like that. It is officially the wettest year, uh, record giving, record breaking precipitation, the wettest year ever, according to KTUU. They're reporting that uh, the Anchorage area has now received 27.65 inches of precipitation this year. That's uh, That also includes the water <clears throat> ratio equivalent of how much snow that has been dropped. Um, so the this is from last night. So before the overnight snow hit, 18 inches uh, of snow in the month already, uh, but they have received 27.65 inches of precipitation and Last night's snowfall is just going to push him up beyond that, uh, over the top on that. Uh, it's also apparently going to be the snowiest December on record. Uh, they said they were pretty close last night. They were only just, I guess, less, more, just under 10 inches away. And I imagine that they probably got another 10 inches. And uh, it could potentially continue to snow 
in the near future. Uh, because that's just that's just how they it's just how they work around here. Uh, oh man, uh, it's uh, it, I mean I, I guess it's you know. And then Bill is in the chat room talking about shaking the snow globe because he wants even more snow down on the peninsula. I love you, but stop, please, please, please stop. Because um, I just don't know how much more. My back can take the shoveling. It was hard to get out of bed last night, uh, yesterday, and it's it was even harder this morning uh, uh, to get uh, to get that done. But the good news is is that uh, we're going to expect uh, some colder, clearer weather over the next couple days uh, in the south central area, uh, zero to ten above, um, and some light winds, and supposed to be clear. Uh, all the way through the weekend and get partly cloudy again next week. So that's the in the south central area anyway. In the Anchorage, uh, in the Anchorage uh, area and in the Matsu, um, they're saying again, um, you know, we should be mostly sunny and clear. Uh, with with low, it's supposed to be around ten below on Sunday. So, you know, raging snow to hey, uh, ten below. Next week. And then it's just going to hover around the zero mark for all of next week uh, so far is what the seven-day forecast anyway says. Uh, so your mileage may vary depending on where you live in the state. Uh, in Fairbanks, it's already been cold. They've still been getting some snow up there, but not like we've been getting down here. And I know uh, the peninsula has been getting hit as well, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I've got some. Uh, I've got some good news for you. <clears throat> The good. Would you like the good news? The good news is is that uh, I have already drawn today's winner of the bivy stick, the bivy stick, the five days of Christmas, courtesy of uh, your local radio station, uh, the Michael Luke Show, and your friends over there at Satellite West. Uh, the five days of Christmas is where we're going to be giving away five. Bivy sticks, one a day starting today. I'm going to tell you who that winner is a little bit later in the program. But tomorrow's drawing has not happened yet. So if you haven't, uh, if you haven't had a, uh, if you haven't, you know, logged in and and gotten a chance to do it, now is the time to get signed up to win that bivy stick. Um, you got a pretty good chance. There was only a hundred. What was it? Uh, because I had to run a random num- number generator to figure out who won. A uh, hundred and thirty-six signups. 136 signups. So you got a pretty good chance of winning one of these uh, little bad boys. Um, and of course, uh, Bivy is also contributing. If you sign up for a uh, industrial, what they call the industrial plan, uh, the kind of the the, uh, the heavy duty plan for a year, you get uh, like four extra months for free or three extra months for free, and then you get like four extra months for three for the two-year and six extra months for free for the three-year. And uh, you don't have to activate it. You can just take the bivy stick, but um, it, uh, you know, you're going to want to, you're going to want to, anyway, you could check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Um, It's a good chance. So thank you to Bivy for throwing in on that. And thank you, of course, to your local radio station and Satellite West. For providing uh, the units for us to give away the five days of Christmas. We're giving away one today, one tomorrow, one Monday, one Tuesday, one Wednesday. Which also, of course, reminds me that on Wednesday, that, my friends, will be the final day of the broadcast year. And I will officially 
be on vacation uh, for the remainder of the year. And so you'll have alternate programming wherever you are, and then we will be returning to the airwaves on January the 2nd, Monday, the first Monday of the new year, we will be returning to the airwaves, ready to go, full of vim and vigor, reinvigorated, recharged, and it'll be fine. It'll be fantastic. Uh, And, of course, also a reminder that next week we will be... uh, We'll be doing no politics next week. It's just going to be Christmas memories, Christmas stuff, Christmas memories. Just, just, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So that's all the stuff that we've got, uh, um, I guess the housekeeping stuff that I should be reminding you of. So if you haven't signed up yet anyway for the Bibby stick, I forgot to tell you, go to my website, michaeldukeshow.com. Click on the satellite West banner with all the Christmas lights around it at the very top, or you can go down. And uh, <clears throat> you can go down uh, part of the page there and just just underneath the top of the page is the description and all the information and the link to go get signed up. So if you want one, go get one. Now go get one. So we're going into the deep freeze. Yep, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Okay, so what are the stories that I'm going to be covering today? Well, first and foremost, we're going to be doing just some headlines and some general chit-chat. We'll maybe take some phone calls here in hour one to talk about, um, 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 you know, we'll find, we'll find something. And then in um, hour two, we're going to pick it up with David Boyle who is an educational, he's, he's an advocate for education. And uh, he's going he's gonna to come on board and talk with us uh, about uh, the state of education right now in Anchorage. Uh, and, you know, because we've seen, we're seeing similar things happening uh, around the world. Um, and uh, he is one of the founders of the Alaska Policy Forum and uh, was CEO there for a while. And uh, he's 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 kind of like I said, the education advocate. So he's going to come on op- on board and talk about. Um, uh, he's going to come on board and talk about what's going on in education, specifically in the Anchorage area. But again, we're seeing similar things happening across the state. So, you know, as goes as goes Anchorage, I guess so goes the rest of the state eventually. So David will be with us in hour two. Uh, in hour one, I've got some headlines, including. Uh, Some of the latest hot takes from around the different news media outlets on the Eastman trial. Oh, man, some people do not like David Eastman. Um, And we'll see what goes on with that. Plus, there is a new article um, out in the, uh, well, I guess guess it was from the Alaska Beacon originally. I read it in the ADN, talking about the uh, first draft of the state budget and some of the things that the governor has said. Apparently, uh, we're going to see the budget uh, today, and so um, I don't really want to talk about it tomorrow. There probably there might be a highlight or something that we mention in passing tomorrow, but I want tomorrow to be the – it's going to be the final Firearms Friday for the year. And uh, I've been trying to get somebody, uh, some guests on, but it may just be you and me tomorrow. This is the other bad part as we get closer and closer to Christmas at the end of the year. A lot of my normal guests, they just – they don't want to – they. They got other things. They're busy. It's the holidays. It's busy. They're doing their thing. And uh, they don't want to be bothered doing radio shows and things like that. So it's going to make it a little bit more difficult to uh, to go into. 
so I guess that being said, I guess I will say uh, right now that if you want to um, if you want to uh, be part of the show today, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, open up the phone lines and uh, we'll just. We'll just see what you guys want to talk about this morning on top of the headlines that I'm going to be covering, but we'll see what you guys want to talk about. How about that? 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to see what you guys have to say. Come on down. Let's 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 talk. Let's chit-chat and uh let's uh Let's uh, just see what's on your minds. Uh, do you want to? We could talk about snow. We could talk about politics. We could talk about whatever. I'm I'm getting ready to flex my muscles on the on the talking about things other than politics deal. So I'm I'm all happy to do that with you. So if you want to do that, again nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. And in between phone calls, I'll just fill in with the latest news and talking about the everything else. How about that? How does that work? I like it. I like it a lot. All right, well, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll have either phone calls or the latest headlines. And we'll see where we go from there. All right? The Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more in just a moment. the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free like america used to be streaming live every weekday morning on facebook live and michaeldukesshow.com i made a mistake i'll be the first to admit it i made a mistake uh yesterday um, the day before when we got our driveways plowed out and the things, and when the plow finally showed up, I moved all the vehicles, we moved all the vehicles down onto the edge of the cul-de-sac. And, um, because we were still finishing the driveway, right? The, the cul-de-sac was clear and everything else. So we parked them out over the night there. And, um, I had a long, long day yesterday. I finally got home at seven o'clock last night um, and um, I pulled my car up into the top of the driveway because I'd made a Costco run. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and uh, so they unloaded it there, but I forgot to I forgot to have the kids move all the rest of the cars down from the edge of the cul-de-sac. I totally forgot. And uh, so now my cars are down on the edge of the cul-de-sac and there's 18 inches of snow. And so... <laughs> We're going to have to go, we're going to have to go shovel out in front of the car so they can pull up into the driveway so that they can come plow the cul-de-sac. I mean, it may be another two days. I don't know. It took them two days, two and a half, two days, two, almost two days to get out here last time. <sighs> Damn. Parks Highway's closed. Uh, uh, all lanes closed at mile marker 133 for a crash. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that heads up. Um... Uh, let's see, uh, Harold's asking about snow load on, uh, roofs for Anchorage. Um, 
what's the snow what what is the snow load uh are these areas what is the snow current snow load in these areas for flat roofs I don't know. Um, I think I saw something that somebody mentioned the other day saying that the current snow load um, based on the precipitation that we've gotten so far is something like five feet of snow. But, of course, that's all dependent on the temperatures and the saturation, right? So if it rains, it's going to make it even heavier. I don't know. It didn't rain much yesterday. They kept saying it was going to be freezing rain, and I didn't really see much freezing rain. I mean, it was out there. Apparently, it contributed to that crash yesterday morning. There was a crash coming in uh, on the Glen yesterday morning um, that I went by, but uh, and they said it was doing that. Are they doing trash pickup? I haven't seen. The trash truck, we saw our trash truck the day that the plows were coming. We saw our trash truck pull down way at the end of the road where it comes off of another road, and he pulled about 10 feet onto our road. My kids were outside shoveling, and they said, and then he backed out. <laughs> So I don't know. We still haven't had trash pickup this week. So I, I just, I don't know. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm already tired. Um, the snow is just building character down there like it did here at Fairbanks last year. Yeah, I've had enough character building. I'm enough of a character. Nerdy dads, this is what my shirt says, nerdy dads build character. Uh, that's, that's my t-shirt for the day. Um, all right. <clears throat> A, a crash on the, yeah, the crash on the Glen too, man. It was nasty. It's like, like four cars. One of them rolled over in the median, and it's just like people following too close. Those people, I swear to God. You guys, you need to figure out where you're driving. Is what I'm saying on the Glen Highway. Those those people. I mean, I have the cruise control set at you know on a normal day. I have the cruise control set at 67, and people fly by me like I'm you know. <laughs> Like I'm a pace car, and they're just getting out of the lap behind the pace car. It's pretty crazy. Okay. Where are the usual trucks, train trucks, trains, and snow blowers moving snow in this town? I know Anchorage was really piled high. I was I kind of it was interesting. They had some piles of snow down there that were enormous. And I'm like, man, they gotta get some loaders in here to pull some of this stuff out. It's pretty crazy. That's be the same problem that we're going to be having around here. We're, what are you going to do with it all? Interesting stuff. Okay. Well, you guys are awful quiet this morning, but I appreciate you joining me nonetheless, even if you're just lurking there in the you lurkers, lurking back there in the background. I appreciate it. So we will uh, we'll continue here in just a moment. Um, here we go. We're ready to go. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Okay, you uh, y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Um, all right, let's uh, let's get back into it here. Again, the phone lines are open. 
But we currently don't have any phone calls. So whatever you want to talk about today, again, it's kind of open line, open forum. I'm getting prepped. I'm getting prepped for that, uh, for the no politics day. So whatever you want to talk about, I'm okay with it. Uh, we will uh, we'll be chatting with you here in just a minute. <clears throat> but first things first, I guess we need to take at uh, take a gander at the uh, Eastman trial. Uh, because this is very worrying to me. Now, look, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of David Eastman's style, right? I mean, I agree with a lot of his positions on things, the baseline of his positions, but I don't always agree with the methods that he tries to either get his point across or take his. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's one of those things where there's a lot to agree with there, but there's also a lot to be like, oh, BB, that's not win friends and influence people. That's just not how you. That's not how you do it. But I am totally against this, uh, you know, what's happening in this trial because it it could set a wicked precedent on the disloyalty clause, the, using this disloyalty clause in the Constitution, um, you know, to, to basically bar anyone from doing anything at any time, you know, taking office and doing all this other kind of stuff. Um, and... This this uh, this whole trial uh, seems to have uh, you know taken has kind of run far afield. They brought an expert in yesterday, and I don't remember his name to begin with. What was his name? Um, I I can't remember his name right this second. Uh, they brought a they brought an expert in uh, about who is a uh, he was the uh, he's a fellow at the center. Oh, I'm sorry. Here it is. Uh, his name was Matthew Kreiner, senior research scholar at the Center on Terrorism, Extreme, Extremism, and Counterterrorism, and uh, and he he came in and talked about uh, uh, the history of the Oath Keepers and how you know everybody should be, but it, then it veered into weird territory because then it veered into uh, discussions on. White supremacy and anti and and anti semitism and other things, and it seemed like they were just trying to paint uh, uh, Eastman with this broad brush of uh, of uh, you know not only was he an oath all this none of this stuff was germane to the case, but it's like they're trying to taint the whole thing with uh, you know with this uh, with this you know this broad brush of. You know, not only was he trying to overthrow the government, he's a white supremacist and an anti-Semite. Uh, on top of it, none of which were really relevant to the to the uh, to the question of did Oath Keepers plot to overthrow, or you know, all are all Oath Keepers members responsible for the actions of a few Oath Keepers who apparently plotted to overthrow the government or plotted to to be insurrectionists or whatever, which is really the bigger question here. Um. And I thought it was interesting. He, uh, when he was asked if he was still a current member, he said, "I believe." He said he believed so, but stated that he had not had any correspondence with the organization in uh, several years. He admitted to paying the lifetime membership fee back in 2014, but he, you know, he he hasn't had any real contact with them in many years. And this is the whole thing too. This is the this is the. Uh, this is the same kind of thing that I was talking about earlier when I was talking about people who had become life members of, for example, the NRA. And now the NRA is in trouble. That trial is going to happen next year, apparently. 
um, and the board of directors in LaPierre, everybody's under fire and everything else. So do you blame the average lifetime member of the NRA for the actions of the board or the president or a few people who are out there just on their own? Or do you blame the people who got arrested in the act? And I mean, do you know, they they have been charged. There's something like 38,000 members of Oath Keepers. So is each and every one of them, you know, uh, you know, those who attended uh, the the protest in Washington but didn't go into the building and just stood outside or those who stayed home, are all of they now responsible for the actions of uh, a handful of their – I mean, is this guilty by association? Is that what this is all about? This trial, by the way, I saw a little blurb yesterday, is it really seems to be like an axe grind to me. That Kowalki, who is known to not like Eastman, was finding – this is kind of that lawfare thing that we talked about before where they're using – it's legal warfare, lawfare. And it is uh, a significant – it's going to be a significant cost. Eastman uh, said uh, apparently there was a post that he put up asking for uh, like creating a defense fund because apparently the costs on this are going to be pretty substantial. Uh, that Eastman himself said he is he's got almost a hundred thousand dollars in legal bills already, and they're anticipating, depending on how far this goes, they're anticipating that this could go up to. $300,000 in legal fees in fighting this battle. Um, what, one of the things that uh, came up during the, uh, one of the things that came up during the discussion was the picture that Eastman took at the Holocaust Museum. Um, and uh, that they were, again, that was when they started saying, this is proof that he's an anti-Semite and a white supremacist. I mean, he took a picture at the Holocaust Museum. Um, it, the, the picture was a wall-sized quote by Hitler in the, on the Holocaust Museum. And of course, he just, you know, you're showing this is where you're at and everything else, but they're saying that means that he must support Hitler because he took a picture at the Holocaust Museum for a which none of it really, that's not relevant to the question. That's not relevant to the question as to whether or not you were trying to overthrow the government. Let's just muddy the waters and stir the pot a little more. This whole thing is just a, it's just, it's just a poo parade. The whole thing is a hot mess. And the problem is, um, if they get this disloyalty clause function put together, Look for more. Look for more cases to come in there. They'll find ways to say, well, you know, you you don't believe you. You keep talking about Dukes. You keep talking about how you don't like the bigger, badder government. That's disloyal. Could be treasonous if you're talking about cutting back on the size and scope of government. I mean, we all need that. We all want that. I mean, good luck getting, you know, good luck getting into office with that. You can't run for office if you're disloyal. Um, which, if anybody had ever read up on, now again, I haven't participated in Oath Keepers things for years. Um, I first started reading Oath Keepers back in 2010 or something, 2011, 
And they seem to have their, you know, they seem to have their their head on straight. I mean, the whole idea of Oath Keepers was that they were upholding their oath to the Constitution of the United States. It was made up of military and law enforcement. Now, obviously, a little bit of mission drift happened in the last, uh, tw- uh, you know, 10, 15 years, as, as could happen to any organization. But back in the day when I was actually reading the stuff that the that the you know that they were putting out and the things that they were supporting, they seemed pretty squared away as far as just upholding their oaths to the Constitution and doing what they needed to do. Uh, you know, there wasn't any talk about overthrow of government or anything else in what they were talking about. But good luck trying to get anything done if this disloyalty clause thing comes in here or. Look for the lawyers to get richer because they're the only ones that are going to benefit from this all this whole this whole thing is uh, the lawyers. They're going to be the ones that are going to make it out on this deal. Oh man, it's um, it, it. This is just this is just a huge huge problem, um, and, and that's 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 the whole point. This has a chilling effect, in my opinion. This has a chilling effect on uh, free speech. Um, it, it it really, well, free speech and freedom of association, I would say. And I think that's the bigger problem. Um, but it also reminds me that you need to make sure that you are careful, you are personally careful who you associate with because even the perception of impropriety is uh, is a reality to some people, right? I, again, I'm not I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying this reminds me personally to make sure that I'm if I'm going to go out there and be associated with people that I only do it um, in a smart way, you know that in a smart way. But this whole thing is is definitely a or yes Orwellian. Thank you, Donna. An Orwellian uh, take and uh, and and attack on, I think, free speech and freedom of association, which I think uh, several people in the chat room have said that's the whole point. And I, and I agree. I think that's the whole point is they're, they're trying to scare the average Joe. Let's face it, who wants to really get involved in politics these days, right? The average Joe is so afraid of, you know, he got he got busted smoking a doobie when he was 17 years old in the backwoods with his friends or something. And now he's a standing upright citizen, you know, 30 years later. And he's afraid that something like that's going to get drug out in front of the, you know, because it or he'll be charged with something like this because he had a membership to some organization that, you know, sometime in the last 10 or 15 years has gone sideways and wonky. And, uh, you know, it it really intimidates the average person from running. Now what you get is you get political elites and political operatives who can go out there and get running because they they've you know they've been planning for this forever. They're they're I'm gonna run for office forever. I've got all my ducks in a row. I'm gonna and the average citizen legislator is like, I don't want my entire life ripped apart. I don't I don't want to be put under a microscope and have my children chased down outside of a school to ask questions about what I did 30 years ago. I don't want any that's the thing. It's a chilling effect on the uh, on the on the process itself. It's a chilling effect on the process of a citizen legislature 
Uh, I mean, again, just just to make the point, this whole thing was in the wings. Everybody knew about this. This court case had been discussed, and they were saying they couldn't start the court case till after the election and everything. So everybody knew that this was going on, and everybody knew that Eastman was an, uh, a member of Oath Keepers and everything else. The papers were all on it. Everything was going on. And then the election happened, and he was overwhelmingly elected. His constituents knew all about it, and they're A-OK with it. But it's this whole thing is, uh, you know, it's 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 again, it's legal warfare, lawfare. Who are just, you know, for anybody who doesn't toe the line. I would say that's kind of the, the, the genuine, the genuine thing. Anybody who doesn't toe the line, this is what you can expect. I mean, look at what's happening to Kevin McCabe. Right, this legal warfare over people booting somebody from his his Facebook page, his official representative Facebook page, for personal attacks and ad hominems and threatening people and everything else, he, and, and not even one of his constituents doesn't even live inside of his district. Boots him to the curb because he violated the rules set up on the page, and then the guy sues. And here's Kevin. Tens of thousands of dollars later, still trying to fight this thing out. I mean, it's just, it's it's crazy. It's just crazy. L- lawfare. It was his personal page. I thought it was his. Uh, I thought it was his uh, his uh, representative page. That makes it even worse. That just just makes it even worse. I thought it was his. I thought it was his representative page. All right. Well, um, what do you think? What do you think about this Eastman thing? I mean, again, you can't, you cannot like Eastman. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't count him as somebody that I'm, you know, particularly fond of. I, I, again, I support a lot of his beliefs. I just don't support the way he goes around doing it. But at the same time, this is outrageous. Right. Is this is this is this the whole uh, is this the whole quote where you go, uh, you know, I disagree with all your speech, but I'll fight to the death for your right to 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 express it, kind of thing. But I mean, I agree with a lot of what Eastman's doing. I just don't like his methods and methodology. But this this is this is ridiculous. And I'm hoping uh, they said in one of the stories that. Uh, uh, Joe Miller, who's his attorney, plans uh, at the conclusion of uh, of Eastman's testimony. Uh, Eastman's going to take a, the stand again this morning. He said he intends to file a motion uh, to uh, for a decision in Eastman's favor, but the Superior Court judge could choose to move forward with the trial. So, God, I, I mean, wow, just 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 freaking wow, man. I don't understand. I don't understand. How did we get to this point? Lawfare. Legal warfare. Lawfare. All right, we're going to continue. we got more coming up. Uh, Phone lines are open. What do you think about this Eastman thing? Do you think it's legit? Do you think that, uh, you know, this is the right thing? I mean, should this be a battle that we're actually fighting? Is this what the framers of the Constitution intended? Remember, it was the Constitution was written during the the uh, the Red Scare, right? Uh, all right, we're gonna continue. 
The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, hi. How are you? Uh, any claims made by their expert witness, Kreiner says Oath Keepers never before October ever implied any kind of call to action. So for the previous 13 years, the Oath Keepers came into existence. They never, as far as the left puts it, crossed the line. Um, personal page. Mark Kelsey was so vulgar, Kevin had to block him. Um... I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm just reading some of the comments here. Uh, Dunleavy's judge. The best thing that can happen is a countersuit that buries the snowflakes in fees. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If this was the case, uh, and 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 uh, and he is he is uh, um, successful. David is successful uh, in fending this off. You damn well right. There'd be a counterclaim for three hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. Yeah, baby. Um, uh, no, 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 not intended. Okay. 300K is light, says Richard. Um, all right. I'm sorry. I'm scrolling back here through some of the comments. Good morning. Chris says over on Twitch, um, the case has nothing to do with free speech. It's it's about using lawfare against regular folks who try to get in the way of the establishment. That could be it. Um, don't uh, have short-legged dogs or you <laughs> – this is off topic, says Terry. Don't have short-legged dogs or you'll be out shoveling snow before coffee. Um, I just threw the dog in the snow and she bounded back. After I threw her in the snow. Because <laughs> she loves that. We got a video the other day of me slinging her off the porch, uh, you know, four or five feet into the snow. And her wee, she turns around, burr, 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 comes back. They love that. Mission creep, like growth of government. Yeah. Um... What else? Uh, uh, Orwellian. Uh, no different than any time there's a shooting and they hyperventilate and blame anybody that owns firearms. Uh, Melody's down in sunny southern CA. Not trying to, not looking forward to trying to get home from the Anchorage airport when you return. Well, it depends on how long you've been gone, Melody. If you've been gone for a week or so, I hope you've had somebody come out and plow out your driveway. I mean, the roads may be clear, but you'll be facing four and a half, five feet of snow in your driveway. You'll be parking on the street. Um, uh, Antifa dressed as Oath Keepers, says Kyle over on YouTube. 
Um, who is Ray Epps? Did FBI have something to do with it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know any of it. I mean, I've been watching that stuff. Um, guilty by association, says Jerry. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Um, McCarthy hearings begin with the Alaska judge. And that's it. I mean, the, the whole point of this, the whole point of this, um, this disloyalty clause was because it was the McCarthy area and the Red Scare was up and the uh, legislators were writing the Constitution right in the middle of that. And so that's why that disloyalty clause got put in there um, because it was talking about that specifically. Um, Kowalki is funded by Soros-backed outfits paying his legal fees. Really? I didn't I didn't hear that. Um you should post your dog toss video. It sounds cute. <laughs> um after Mother Nature's latest offering, I now have a better understanding of why the Lord gave moose long legs and also why moose are so temperamental most of the time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, oof. If I had to walk around in this all the time, I too would be upset. Bivy sticks. Yeah, I suppose we should announce the winner of the bivy stick uh, in the next uh, segment since um, since uh, we're going to be busy with David in the in the second hour. Um, so I guess we'll I guess we'll figure all that out. Uh, and uh, but if you haven't gotten signed up yet for the bivy stick, well, baby, well, baby, honey, child, now is the time. Baby honey child, now is the time to do it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get that. Uh, yeah, go, go get it in right now. Five days of Christmas. Get it in. Get it on. Get it going on. Uh, yeah, that is. Uh, you you gotta go get signed up. You gotta go get signed up right now. So. I suppose we need to uh, do our thing and get into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Okay, welcome back to the program. Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free-Thinking Radio. The Michael Duke Show. Uh, I'm limbering up my fingers to be able to hold that shovel later on. As soon as I'm done with the show, i got to go out and start shoveling some stuff out. <laughs> got to get my cars off the street. I know. I made a mistake. And uh, I brought one car up, and I meant to tell the kids to bring the other ones up, and then I was so exhausted last night, I forgot. And uh, so we got to go get the cars out of the streets before the plows come. Uh, anyway, um, this is uh, this is what we're going to have to do. This is what we're doing this morning. Um, 
One final segment here on the broadcast, and the phone lines are open. So if you want to sound off this morning and be part of it, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to uh, feel free to just dive in and and uh, and and give us a call 907-433-3150. 907 I was going to talk about the governor's budget, this draft of the budget that James Brooks came in about. The only thing that I will mention is that the governor uh, is uh, going to release his budget today, and he said without specificity, I love that word, specificity, he said without specificity that he intends to introduce revenue-generating legislation. So what does that mean? I don't know. He's been opposed to taxes in the past, but he has talked about things like legalized gambling and some other things. I don't know. Um, I I don't know what what is is happening with that. Um, but the governor is so today is the day we're going to hear from him. It'll be something. Uh, there's going to be some form of revenue generating legislation. So that that is going to be kind of the big news is what's going on. So, but I don't really care about that right now. I really don't. I'm, I'm like, okay, so the budget's going to come out and then we're going to be fighting about it starting the 2nd of January anyway. So it just doesn't matter. So final segment for this, for this hour. And then we're going to be taking David Boyle for the whole next hour talking about education. So um, I guess now is the time to announce our winner for today's five days of Christmas giveaway. Um, who, you know, the Bivy Stick, the Bivy Stick winner. Now, again, you win the device for free. Now, you do have to subscribe to get all the full features and everything else, but you don't have to. You can just keep the Bivy Stick and then, you know, the pay as you go or whatever. But Bivy threw, they threw their hat in the ring and said, hey, we heard you're giving these away. We want to help out. And so now they're, uh, they're, they're, they're doing extra. They're throwing extra free months in for free when you subscribe to the annual plan. Uh, you get an extra few months when you uh, when you uh, sub- uh, subscribe to the two year plan. The two year plan, you get another batch of uh, of free months, and then if you subscribe to the three year plan, you get half a year for free. So twelve months gets you three free months, so you'll get fifteen total. Um, the uh, uh, 24 months gets you four months for 28 total, and the 36 months gets you six free months. Uh, now, you do have to activate that before the end of the year to get those free months. But uh, you can win the baby stick and activate it or not. It's totally up to you. You get the stick for free. Do with it what you will. Uh, but like me, I just kind of, you know, you can get the lowest plan and just throw it in your glove box and, and have it there just in case you need it. Or you could get the full featured one or whatever. Anyway, free baby stick. So you got to get signed up to win. You get signed up by going over to our website at michaeldukeshow.com and click on the big uh, Satellite West logo with all the Christmas lights around it, and you can get signed up to win. And every morning, today, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll be drawing a new winner. And I guess I should just announce today's winner because we won't have time in the next hour, uh, except for a mention. Good Lord, Juanita. I'd stop. Sending me novels on my text messages. Um, <clears throat> if you uh, if you want to get signed up, you can do it because we're going to draw again tomorrow and we're going to draw again on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Special thanks, by the way, to your local radio stations for helping to support this. And, of course, to the friends at Satellite West, to Bivy, and to the Michael Duke Show for putting all this together. Because that's me. 
So today's winner, out of 137 entries, the random number generator generated a 60. And number 60 is a friend of the show, Willie Keppel, who signed up out in Quinnahawk, out by out towards Bethel. Uh, so there's a guy that can get some use out of it. So the first bivy stick is going out to our friend Willie Keppel out in the bush. So good. So congratulations, Willie. Congratulations uh, on winning that. Now, you have a chance to win tomorrow and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, but you can't win if you don't sign up. And every day I'll just pop the list out again and, you know, type into Google my random numbers and tells me what it is, and I just pluck it right out there. And so good on you. Good on you. Uh, check it out. Uh, Bivy stick uh, from our friends at Satellite West. One entry per person, yes, because I first thing I do is I eliminate all the duplicates. Of which there was only three today, which I don't figure is too bad because I told people they can only sign up once. You sign up once, you're in the running the entire time. If you sign up multiple times, I just delete all the multiple entries because that's the first thing I do is I just take that, you know, you export it to a spreadsheet and then you delete all the duplicates and then you, I don't mean to bore you with Excel nerdiness, but that's what you do with your Excel spreadsheet is you sort, you sort, do the things, eliminate the duplicates, figure out how many lines there are, run the random number generator, pops it out. There you go. So congratulations to Willie Keppel, who is not on the air this morning. Willie Keppel, who lives out in Quinnahawk. Uh, Willie Keppel is today's winner of the five days of Christmas. Day one of the five days of Christmas. And uh, all you got to do again to get signed up is to go to my website at michaeldukeshow.com and click on the Satellite West logo with with uh, with the lights around it. Or uh, just below that is kind of a description of what's going on. So just... Just do it. Just go. You can't win if you're not signed up, as they used to say. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, we're we're down to the last uh, we're down to the last uh, two minutes here, I guess. So we got time for one, maybe one more call if anybody wants to sound off. But everybody's being super quiet. This is what I find near the end of the year, anyways. Everybody's like, "Yeah, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to participate because I'm tired, or I'm just I got other things to do, and I don't." And nobody cares about politics at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, even the Eastman thing, which is kind of outrageous. I expected a couple people to call, but it's like, you know, even that is just, no, I'm just tired, man. Just give me my coffee. Just give me my coffee and we'll go from there. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how it works, man. That's not how it works. Just, uh, just, just give me my coffee. You know? Uh, anyway, uh, coming up on tomorrow's program is Firearms Friday. In fact, it is. The final Firearms Friday of the year. Um, I was working on seeing if Dr. John Lott would come back on um, and uh, more, but I don't know. And we're going to have a special, a special, we're going to have a special uh, entertainment section with Willie Waffle. We're going to take Willie for two, count them, two segments, I think. And one of them will be uh, just uh, kind of the weekend, what's coming up on the entertainment and the entertainment news. And then the second one will just be us talking about um, – will just be us talking about uh, uh, 
you know, our favorite Christmas movies and and what he sees as some of the best Christmas movies of all time. And, uh, you know, um, you know, classics that never go out of style. And I mean, I don't know, we'll be talking about, we'll be talking about everything. So that's, uh, that's coming up tomorrow on the final firearms Friday of the year. So should be, it should be phenomenal, phenomenal, be fun and phenomenal. That's a good name for a Vietnamese restaurant. Phenomenal, right? I mean, that that would be that would be great. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, we are out of time for this for this hour. Uh, we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share, and come on out and join us on Facebook if you'd like. Facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show. We will continue with David Boyle. He'll be joining us in hour two, dead ahead. And we will return in just a moment. Phenomenal. Fanatic. Have I eaten at Phonatic? No. You know, it's interesting because I love or I love Asian food. I really do. Uh, Thai, Korean, Japanese, um, Chinese. I love all the different types of Korean or of, uh, of Asian food. But the few times that I've tried Vietnamese, I'm not a huge fan. I don't know why. I don't know. Don't ask me why. I don't know. Just something about it. It's just not... You know, if you lined them all up the restaurants, you'd be like, mm, I'd be like, eh, yeah. Korean restaurant. Oh, man, I will eat the hell out of some Korean food. The banchan and everything else. I love all that. That's delicious. But um, phenomenal. Fanatic. Phenomenal. <laughs> just I'm a I'm a, a little paranoid now that the plows are going to show up while I'm doing the show. I mean, it took them two days last time. I don't know why I would expect them this morning, but I've got to immediately get out there and get that snow shovel and get those cars moved because otherwise they're going to block my cars in and put a berm around them. It's going to be a mess. So anyway, um, let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, fanatic off diamond. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. It's right there behind the Wells Fargo in that little mall off diamond. I, I've seen it several times and I thought, that's a clever name. Um, and then never went in there. But uh, anywho, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, David Boyle is in the green room right now. I see him hanging out down there. So probably we should go over there and test his uh, audio, shall we? Shall we do that? I think we shall. I think we'll test his audio and see what's going on uh, with that. Uh, so let's add him to the stream here. Good morning, David. How are uh, you doing, sir? Are you there? Michael, I'm doing fine. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you, in fact. Uh, so good morning. Just, just another miracle. Yeah. it's a, Good morning. How are you, Ben? You, good. Yeah, no, it's a miracle. You got all logged in. And, and Linda, I are, can't are, hear. Are you a techno? Are you, a, are, are you a, 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 a little technologically challenged? 
Uh, no, I'm mentally challenged for the most part. I went to public school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it made me swallow my own spit on that one. That was funny. Um, all right. Well, good. Uh, you sound pretty good, and you're uh, you're good to go. Um, we're ready to tackle the, this. Is a big uh, this is a big issue, um, and uh, I. Uh, I'm a little concerned about kind of the direction that the legislature already is obviously going to be taking this year. And you've been following this for a long time. So um, I think that this is a, this is a good opportunity to kind of uh, expose some of this. So uh, we'll just get into it and just kind of riff. I've got no, I don't have like a set of questions or anything. We're just going to be free for a minute. So are you okay with that? You bet. I thought maybe we'd start with Anchorage first and then maybe go statewide. Yeah, no, I, I that's think that's good because you've got a you've got a little uh, you've got a little bit of uh, uh, knowledge about all of that stuff. So uh, Anchorage is the you know, like I said, as goes Anchorage, so goes the rest of the state eventually. And so and Anchorage is the worst culprit right now. With You know, my God, where did that sixty eight million dollar deficit come from? I swear it wasn't there a minute ago. What happened? <laughs> Shocking. This is my shocked face, you know. Blame the federal government for free money. Yeah. Oh, it's it's <laughs> insane. It's insane. All right. Uh, so uh, we're going to continue. David, I'm going to slide you back into the green room there. So hold on for a second. We'll be right back to you. You can get your cup of coffee or whatever and and uh, be all prepped. And and uh, uh, and we'll be back to you here in just a second. Um, uh, I'm just looking here through all the rest of my stuff to make sure that I got everything else that I needed to get done. I got it done. It's all awesome. And what's the latest? Uh, overcast, uh, snow, uh, ceasing, clear, calm. Okay. So we're still, we're still okay. Apache freezing fog this morning, mostly cloudy chance of snow, mostly sunny this afternoon. Highs of 20. Zero to 10 above, except 10 below in the eastern side of Anchorage and up to five to 10 below in different parts of the valley as well. So it's warm, it's cold, it's snow, it's warm, it's cold, it's warm, it's clear, it's fine. It's it's like a Christmas carol. Dang it. All right. Let me go back to the chat room here to get you guys. Dejane is still going on about Fanatic. Um, it must be really good. Where do you like to get, again, I'm not, that's the thing. I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you good foe from bad foe, fa from bad fa, sorry, foe, bad fa. I could, I couldn't tell you which I couldn't tell you good from bad. Um, uh, it's like, uh, I mean, I love Korean food, but I don't like bibimbap, right? Um, I, I just, it's, I'm just like, ah, it's too much going on. Um, but it's uh, it's good. This show reminds me of the movie Violent Night. What a nasty movie. Did you see it? I can't wait. I'm going to go watch it. I can't see it. I mean, I can't wait to see it. I, I can't. Yeah, I'm going to go watch it. Uh, if this show reminds you of Violent Night, then thumbs up. That was my intent, was to remind you of that. It's all about that. Um, everyone loves Vietnamese grub. I, it, you know what? And good for them. And I'm happy that they have the, I am happy that they have the, uh, um, the uh, options and the opportunities. Um, there's also a lot of good Korean restaurants and there's uh, several good Japanese restaurants in town as well. Okay. 
Uh, we're coming up on it, so let's. Uh, I suppose we should just get back into it and do our thing here. The Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Hour two is dead ahead. David Boyle, our guest, will return in just a second. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and uh, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting each and every morning, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 a.m., where we focus on pretty much Alaskan-only stuff. That's just how it works, well, except for Friday. Friday's Firearms Friday. We do talk about firearms across the nation. But every other day is pretty much just Alaskan stuff all day, every day. Uh, welcome to the program, and thanks for coming in and joining us today. Quick housekeeping before we jump to our guest. David Boyle is going to be our guest, uh, talking about the state of education in the, in the state of Alaska. We're going to talk with him here in just a minute. Uh, but before I do that, I want to announce again the Five Days of Christmas is uh, going on right now. We are on day one of the Five Days of Christmas, and we have given away today's bivy stick, courtesy of your local radio station of Satellite West and The Michael Duke Show, um, and our Winner today was Willie Keppel, who listens to the program out in Quinnahawk, which is out by Bethel. So, Willie, thank you for listening. I know you'll get some good use out of this little unit. Don't forget, if you activate the unit before the end of the year and get your subscription, that uh, Piv- uh, that uh, uh, Bivy will give you uh, three free months, uh, three, four, or six free months of uh, service, depending on which plan you choose. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, Willie, we're going to be sending that to you. You could win, not Willie, but you guys could win the next drawing, which is going on tomorrow morning. All you got to do is go to my website at michaeldukeshow.com and get signed up to win. We had 137, 137 uh, subscribers or, or uh, 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 entries, I guess, entries. 137 this morning and... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, and, uh, you know, so that's pretty good odds. You get a, you know, you get a chance. Uh, we got five of four more of them to give away. So you got pretty good odds and you only enter once and you're in, you're in for the whole thing. You're in for all five days. You only enter once, uh, because I screen out all the duplicates. So there you go. Uh, but go over to my website, michaeldukeshow.com and just look for all the Christmas lights around the satellite West banner and click on it and go get signed up to win. A bivy stick. We're giving another one away tomorrow and then one on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. 
Uh, Bivy Stick, by the way, somebody just said, I've never heard of this gadget, but I want it. Bivy Stick is a small little thing. You can see how small it is compared to your <clears throat> compared to your phone. The Bivy Stick uh, tethers to your cell phone via Bluetooth and turns your phone into a satellite communications device. So even if you have no cell service, you could still send text messages and you could still send emails. Uh, plus, it's got a mapping feature where it tells you exactly where you are. Um, it's got a little safety switch in the bottom that can send an emergency signal to say, come get me, I've fallen and I can't get up. If you've got friends that have got bivy sticks and you guys go out traveling on snow machines together or hunting or fishing or hiking, you could see where all your friends are around you uh, via group track. Um, it's got a lot of cool features. And next next year, that always sounds weird, doesn't it? Next year, as of the 2nd of January, um, we're going to be using this for the text line. I have a phone number from Bibby that they just gave me. It's not an Alaskan number, but you guys will have to deal with it. Uh, and uh, you could send me text messages while I'm live on the air uh, and through my Bibby stick. And it'll show up on my phone. And so we'll have the Bibby text line. And uh, so anyway, thank you to Bibby. Thank you to Satellite West for sponsoring the program. Not only that, but get, do, helping us with the giveaways and so much more. All right, let's get to it. We, we got we to gotta jump into this. We, I, got, I bloviated a little long there. Uh, David Boyle, uh, is, uh, is, a, is a pretty well-known name for people who are politically plugged in. He has, uh, he's been around for quite a while. Uh, he has, uh, been wanting to fix what's been going on in the state for a long time. Uh, in 2008, he and four other people got together and created the Alaska Policy Forum in 2009. Uh, he was there for nine years, five of which he was the CEO of that. He's been involved in educational industry for close to 20 years. Uh, he's been following uh, and uh, and advising and advocating for, uh, you know, revisions and fixes to the education system for a long time. And uh, I invited him to come on the program today to talk about the state of state education. Uh, and we're going to start off in the uh, Anchorage area, but I imagine we will be moving around to other parts of the state. So let's get David Boyle into the uh, conversation right now and see what uh, he has to say. Good morning, David. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, good morning, Michael. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thanks for thanks for coming on board and joining us. Now, Dave, we've been talking about uh, a lot of stuff here across the state, but Anchorage has been consuming all the headlines, uh, all the headlines, because shock, this $68 million deficit just came out of nowhere and nobody knew what was going on. And it was, it was amazing. And I mean, just, you know, so give us a, give us a snapshot of the state of education in Anchorage to begin with this $68 million deficit, explain to us exactly what's going on with that and how now they're kind of trying to spin it and manipulate the public with some of these closures and these, you know, open houses and things like that, and how this is all translating down to what's going to be happening in the session this year. So I'll, I'll give you the floor and you can get things started. If I missed anything on your background, feel free to, to fill that in as well. David Boyle. Uh, thanks, Michael. You may have missed some things in my background, but I'm not going to relate those to you at this time. <laughs> By the, by the way, I want to uh, congratulate Willie Keppel for winning that bivy stick. That's great. Um, you know, the Anchorage School Board has got them, the district into a real bind right now. They've kicked the can down the road on the budget for the past, oh gosh, five, six years now. And now it says it's facing this $68 million budget shortfall for the next school year. Um, by the way, that's been reduced as of uh, a couple of days ago to $48 million. 
and I'll explain that later. Um, what they, the reason they got into this uh, budget de deficit, one of the big reasons was they got federal COVID relief dollars. The Anchorage School District got about 126 million COVID relief dollars. Now those had to be spent on only certain things like summer school tutors and, and uh, extra reading teachers. Uh, they actually spent about uh, 42 and a half million dollars of federal COVID money rather on salaries and benefits. And that included about 500 employees of the Anchorage School District. Now you have to understand folks, this is one time money. It goes away in 2024. So that's how they created this huge fiscal cliff and budget gap. Uh, it's, it's, it's really bad uh, for, for the students and, and for the parents as well, and the staff, because there are a lot of unknowns now. This in Anchorage, I was just going to say this money again was meant to offset some of the uh, you know offset some of the costs and the challenges of COVID uh, to help the students directly. I think the intent was is that a lot of this got down into the classroom, especially for things like mm, I don't know remote learning and things like that. The things that the district is saying, by the way, schools closed again today in Anchorage, and they say they can't do remote learning because they're not equipped for it. Isn't and but the Matsu is doing it. What I mean isn't this isn't this what that money was supposed to be for not a it's one-time money it's not supposed to go for salaries and benefits and reoccurring cost it was supposed to benefit the students directly yes and, and they said they say that that's uh, one of the things they've spent uh, the millions of dollars on was remote learning capabilities for students and it, it boggles my mind why they can't do that if the Matt Sue's doing it I'm going to have to look into that and ask the uh, the school district why they're not doing remote learning um, I, I don't have a clue as to that right now, but they should be able to do it. They basically have, have given every student a tablet during this time, during the COVID time. So that that shouldn't be the problem. So the kids do have the computer uh, capabilities. Um, one of the other problems that um, they're looking at, as you know, when, when the educators and the bureaucrats look at uh, education funding, every kid that walks into that school building has a dollar figure over their heads. Some have larger dollar figures and some have just average dollar figures. So what the district is looking at as well is that, that in the future, there's a tremendous decline in the birth rate in the Anchorage uh, area. It's going to go from like, uh, they're gonna lose like 5,000 more students coming into the school over the next few years. So that's a loss of money as well. So they look at the student enrollment, let's say back in 20, Right now, it's about 42,000 students. By 2027, they're going to go down to 37,000 plus students. So they're going to they're going to lose another funding from the state and from the city as well for funding for another 5,000 students. So that's going to uh, you know create a, another budget gap farther downstream. One of the ways they're going to they they have decided to uh, bridge this budget gap is by closing six schools. But they're not really closing right. six schools. They're right. only going to close right. one school. I was going to ask that because it's like, oh, we got six yeah. schools. Oh, there's six schools. But they're not really closing yeah. them. They're not really, no. I mean, you know. Yeah, and, and the interesting, it's all about words, how they use their words and the optics. They, they're not saying they're going to close six schools. They're going to close six campuses. It sounds more like a university. But, and that's what they do. 
they're going to close only Abbott Loop. Uh, they're going to, two of the schools are going to, quote, be repurposed, they call it, for pre-K. So this is another way to get more students and more funding for those students into the school district by growing their pre-K system. And I think we're going to look for that in this next legislative session that they're probably, they're going to try to get universal pre-K and fund it as such. At this time, it's only funded for like um, $3 million, I believe it is, for this current year. So, and so what they've done in the schools that they are supposedly closing is they've, they've had these town halls, and I've watched every one of the six town halls they've had. They're getting the community up in a, you know, they're getting the community activated, and they're motivating them to contact their legislators in the next session to get more funding for the for the uh, for the schools by increasing the BSA. Um, many of the parents in some in these schools, it's very interesting. They talk about the school being the center of their community, and their kids just love the school. Nowhere do they talk about the performance of each one of those schools, right. which most of the right. schools, they're, they're, they're towards the bottom in the Anchorage School District. There's only one school that they quote want to close and that's the Birchwood ABC school. And uh, the parents, a lot of parents are, are active duty military and retired military out there. They have a different set of values than the average parent in the Anchorage School District uh, because the ABC, and that's why they like the ABC school. It focuses on patriotism, uh, Saxon math, and and phonics programs, which most of the school district or schools in the Anchorage School District do not, except for things like Northern Lights ABC and Aquarian Charter School. So, I think what they want to do, they actually this is my feelings, they want to take the Birchwood ABC program out of that building, move it into Homestead School, which is a regular neighborhood school. And by doing that, the ABC curriculum will eventually disappear. Uh, the parents out there are really engaged. They're in an uproar. Just as most of the parents are in uproars at all these other, other uh, uh, five schools that they want to clo close. close. Um, and they've got them motivated now. And the bottom line at every one of these meetings towards the end, the conclusion is we need to inflation-proof the base student allocation. And you need to contact your legislators. The superintendent has said that, and uh, the CFO and the other people that have from the district that have been briefing these town halls. Right. Well, these town halls became town halls. more than anything. They became political rallies. This had nothing to do with actually running the district more efficiently, being smarter with your money, finding the efficiencies in the schools, combining schools that were close to each other, you know, none of those kind of efficiencies. They knew that it was going to stir up the electorate. They knew it was going to stir up the parents and their call to action was ask for more money. Nothing about performance, nothing about the utility and the size of the school, how big these schools were, how how many students they were designed for, what was the capacity. I mean, we got schools at 50 or 60 percent capacity. We're not talking about combining them or anything else. The activation was this became a political rally. We need to tell the legislature we need more money. We spend more money in this state than almost any other state on education, and yet we're continually in the bottom rung of the, of the scholastic achievement. I mean, these are the things that we should be talking about, but at this point, it's all smoke and mirrors. There, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on there, and, and it, the object is not to improve the student performance. 
I would like to see the Anchorage School District hold town halls in almost every school or neighborhood regarding the performance of the students in that school. And, you know, all their, they usually only focus on budget. They very seldom focus on the performance of the students and the teachers in that district. So I would encourage them to have town halls and talk to the talk to the, the parents in each one of these schools about how poorly or how well their school is performing. Now in Florida, under uh, Jeb Bush, I believe it back in the early, very early 2000s or late 90s, uh, they, they passed a school legislation which required every school to post their grade, their overall grade in their standardized testing in Florida on their in the front of their school, usually, you know, in their marquee in front of their school where they usually put an ad out there. And I'll tell you what, that that would make a huge difference <laughs> if a parent saw that this school their kid was going to was a D or an F school. Yeah. But as we all know, information is power. Yeah, absolutely. David Boyle is our guest. We're talking about the state of education uh, here in uh, the state of Alaska. We're starting with Anchorage. But we're going to migrate out into the other areas as well. But first, we'll get David's thoughts on what could be the solution in Anchorage. He just, I think he just gave us part of it. Uh, but we will find, uh, we'll find more about this here when we continue with David Boyle in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Make sure you come out and check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Show. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, we're back here. Uh, we've got David uh, in the uh, uh, David in the uh, video chat with us right now. Feel free if you would like this morning. If you've got questions for David that uh, you feel like uh, you want to get answers for, uh, we'll uh, I'll read some of the questions from the chat room as well. Um, I'll start off with this comment from Harold, which uh, again I think that is a is a valid comment. Uh, as I said before, even a stopped clock is right twice a day. Um, uh, you get what you pay for. If you are expecting, uh, if you're buying overhead, then don't expect to get great student and school performance. And that's part of the problem here, right, David? I mean, the, the BSA and the, the student formulas are focused primarily on overhead and staffing and executives. Very little of that, uh, ends up getting down into the actual classrooms. I mean, it's, it's I think it hovers around 50%, right? The rest of it's consumed by facilities and overhead and personnel. Right. And that's uh, one thing. Now, one thing that, that the school district should be doing in Anchorage anyway is that they have just too much infrastructure. There are too many schools. Um, you know, they've lost 5,000 students since 2017. And they're projected to lose another 5,000 students in the next five years. But they continue to want to operate and maintain the buildings. And by the way, they have a different formula for determining a school size, different than what the state has. The Anchorage School District requires about 20% more space per student because of, quote, their programs in the buildings. Um, And the state allows them to get away with it. And that's how they get funding, you know. 
if you have two smaller schools that are the same size student-wise as one larger school, you get more money because you have two schools instead of one. Right. You get two, so schools, you two schools, two principals, two guidance counselors, two, I mean, duplic it's duplicates of everything. So the overhead, and we've seen that graph, right? We've seen the graph where the student enrollment is, is, is arcing downwards. And at the same time, we'd see the administrative overhead of personnel and non-teaching employees go up like this. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Right. And, um, at the town halls, there are, there are like four people from the uh, uh, district, Anchorage district uh, administration presenting uh, the briefings. And I went to the, the, on the Alaska policy forum, they have their uh, 2019 budget for the Anchorage school district. So I went there and I checked every one of those individuals, those four people, their salaries and benefits total over $850,000 a year in 2019. And of course, they've gone up since then. Um, it's, um, I, I don't, they have not talked about, by the way, or discussed in public about reducing the size of the headquarters administration. So, you know, and 86% of their budget, by the way, is personnel costs, salaries, and benefits. And the average teacher in the Anchorage School District, they budget $110,000 for the average uh, teacher. So things need to change. They need to focus more on um, uh, student performance and um, excellence in the classroom. If we yeah. had an excellent teacher in every classroom, we'd be making tremendous strides in student learning. But we don't have that because, you know, the union controls the teacher uh, union pool. So time, time will tell. Now, there's another interesting thing going on that, that by the way, the Anchorage School District, um, just last week, they, they presented their budget on the uh, uh, 10th, uh, 9th. Again, they reduced their deficit by $20 million. So I guess they found a lot of money in, in the cushions of the sofas over there in the headquarters. <laughs> Not really. Uh, they've explained it um, by the fact that uh, they... <clears throat> Uh, let me look. There are 400, more than 400 vacancies in the school district. Right. Uh, hold on. Personnel. Hold on. Hold on a second, David, because we're about to rejoin the radio. And I do want to I want to cover this while we're back okay. on the air instead of just with the Facebook folks, because I think this is important. And I'm going to ask this. I wanted to ask this question. So you're actually or we're a little uh, psychic there. You got a little ahead of me here. So we'll ask that question. Hold the line okay. with us. David uh, Boyle is our guest. The Michael Duke show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share this show. Like and follow the show page. If you're on YouTube, subscribe and ring the bell, <clears throat> and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll return. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Let's do it um, right now. Yeah, baby. The ring, it's round round two. Here we go. That was the bell for round two. We're going to fight. Uh, David Boyle is our guest. Uh, he is an education uh, advocate, 
uh, former uh, CEO of the Alaska Policy Forum, one of the founders of that organization, uh, and been involved in the local scene on education for many, many years. Uh, we were just talking during the break, and David brought up an interesting point, and actually it was something that I wanted to talk about because, again, we started off, remember, the big number was 68 million dollars in deficit for the Anchorage school districts. And then they had these meetings. Oh, six schools were going to quote unquote close. They actually didn't close all but one of them. They they just repurposed it. And now they're like miraculously, the deficit is now 48 million. It's still much. We still need more money from the state. But exactly uh excuse me, David, how did they save 20 million dollars by not closing five schools? Well, <laughs> now that you put it that way, well, they, they found money in the cushions over there in the headquarters building, as I said. Um, they actually, uh, they, they get an increase in revenue about $15 million for next year because of the increase in the number of students overall. And they also, like I said, every student that walks through the, the building in Anchorage School, every school in Alaska has a dollar sign over their heads. Some are larger and some are smaller. Interestingly enough, they've gotten 44 more intensive needs students in the Anchorage School District. Now, for those that don't know, the intensive needs students are those that are severely disabled. Um, fetal alcohol syndrome children, very sad stories. Uh, cerebral palsy. Um, they usually have one, a one person uh, attendant during the day in the schools. My daughter had one in her uh, fifth grade class, and it was just very sad. But anyway, to make the story short, um, those students get 13 times more funding than the average student, let's say. Um, so those students have a, a dollar figure above their heads of, of about $78,000 each. The problem with that is when the state funds that student, that special intensive needs student, that money doesn't go to that intensive needs student or parent. That money goes into the general fund of the school district. Right. So you're not really sure how much, how much resources that student actually gets. And that's true with all the money the school district gets except for transportation. It all goes into the general fund regardless of what it's supposed to be for when it comes through, through that uh, foundation formula. Now, they had a number, like I said before, they've had 400 plus more than 400 vacancies uh, uh, in the district this year. So that's not a cost. That's a cost avoidance. That adds a lot more money. Uh, the Muni has kicked, the Muni of Anchorage has kicked in another $5.6 million for transportation. So that's more money that goes into, the, that reduces the deficit. And also the Anchorage Muni and the mayor have decided this year they're going to pay for the uh, school resource officers, which is about $2.6 million. And uh, so th that's where that's where most of these, quote, uh, the decrement from $68 million to $48 million comes from. Well, it, and, does, yeah. it doesn't sound yeah. like a solution to me, right? I mean, it doesn't sound like this is solving the long-term problem. Well, well no, it, uh, it doesn't solve the long-term problem. But they're going to get more money next year because of the increase in the number of students and the increase in the number of intensive needs students as well. Um, but that's their biggest you know, effort is going to be down in Juneau to increase the BSA, base student allocation. 
this year it's um, about, well, first of all, uh, there's a thing called the foundation formula or funding formula that most people have heard about, but there's a lot of factors in there. And what happens is the school district and, and some of the legislators focus on the input to that formula. And the input is the number of students you have during a counting period in October. Let's say for, in Anchorage, it's like 41,000, okay, this last year. But it goes through all these other factors, special needs, intensive needs, career tech education, et cetera. And by time it, it runs through that formula, those 41,000 students, it generates se almost 73,000 students, about 70% more than the actually there. That number, 73,000, is used times that base student allocation. It's not the input of the formula, it's the output. And the, the bureaucrats in the education industry try to mislead the public in saying, the BSA, the base student allocation, has been flat funded since 2017. Well, that's pretty much true. But there's, you know, but let's not look at the input of the number of students coming in. In reality, let's look at the output, which is, in case of Anchorage, almost 70% more students than you really have. So, and the other thing is, interestingly enough, the thing, a factor called the hold harmless factor. Now, the hold harmless factor is that kicks in if a district loses more than 5% of their students from year to year. Right. Which right. Anchorage has done. I don't know about the other. Yeah, the other districts have done that as well. Um, so <clears throat> let's say let's say you have 1,000 students uh, that you've lost this for next year. Well, you still get funding from the state for 750 of those students, 75%. The next year it goes down to 500 students or 50% and the next year 250 students. You get, they actually get funding for students they don't have. So in theory, you could lose all your students and still get 75% of your funding from the state. For the next year, right. For the next year, yeah. for the next year correct. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a good way of, uh, <laughs> You could raise your uh, salaries quite a bit at that point. Right. That's a good job if you can get it for sure. So what's the solution in your mind, before we move on to the other areas of the state, uh, what's your solution in uh, in the Anchorage area? Uh, I mean, what do we need to do to try and rein this beast in and make it, and make it work? Well, first of all, uh, we need to, people need to be educated and informed, just like I tried to do with that uh, foundation formula. And they they need to learn the truth because truth speaks to power. Um, you know, when you have a child in the school district, you want to believe what they tell you. Um, people need to be aware of you know how each school is performing for their child. Um, we need things like um, there are several things that can happen. The charter schools do very well in the Anchorage school district, as they do in other districts. We could have more charter schools, but they're controlled by the local school district, you know, the approval process. If you want to start a charter school in Alaska, and I told this to um, one of the legislators a year ago, I, I testified. I said, you know, if you want to start a neighborhood school in school district, you just float a bond and open a school. If you want to ch start a charter school in a school district, 
you need a business plan of about 120 to 150 pages long. You have to, you have to, uh, you know, rationalize it and you have to support it and all. But other, if you want to do a neighborhood school, you just float a bond and open it. Boy, that legislator didn't like that comment at all. So we could have, if we change the law to allow different entities to authorize or start charter schools, those would include actually the State Board of Education or DEED could authorize charter schools on their own. Uh, nonprofits could authorize charter schools on their own. Uh, local governing agencies like boroughs or municipalities could authorize charter schools on their own. And the university system could also authorize charter schools on its own. And that's done in, in a in, university system, by the way, is, has uh, many states allow their university system to authorize charter schools. So those are the one way, one way to increase uh, 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 opportunities for kids to get out of the neighborhood schools and find a better school, a better fit for them. The Aquarian Charter School is outstanding. Uh, Birchwood Charter School, Eagle Academy is the number one school in the Anchorage School District right now. And that's of course in Eagle River and it's a charter school. So uh, th those things could be done. Uh, more accountability for the money spent. Uh, there's a lot of things we can't do. Uh, the contracts, for example, they just approved union contracts for the teachers this year or uh, last year. They just approved a, a union contract for the bus drivers. They gave them a, a, a oh, let's see, a $5 raise from $20 an hour to $5 an hour. Much needed, I agree. Um, but the other thing is <clears throat> they also have to pay, the district has to pay into the Teamsters Pension Retirement Fund. That was underwater for decades. And here's the other kicker. The school district has to, by the way, those bus drivers and attendants also get coverage from the state's retirement plan called PERS. I don't know if they'll ever get a benefit from the Teamsters Pension Fund. And one other piece of that contract, which I did have never mentioned before, is the fact that <clears throat> the school district is required to provide health insurance for the bus drivers and attendants. That cost is $500 a week, wow. $12.50 wow. extra. Now, the bus drivers only make $25 an hour, but the school district's kicking in another $12.15 an hour to, guess who? The Teamsters Health Trust Fund. Right. Which right. is, we you can't get an audit on it. You can't get any accountability. So it's just throwing money at, it, at, it, at the Teamsters Union, and you don't have a clue what they're doing with it. Uh, David Boyle is uh, our guest. Uh, again, education advocate. We're talking about the Anchorage situation. We're about to take our, our last break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the situation in some of the other districts around the state, <laughs> including up in the interior and down in the Kenai as well. So don't, uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back here with David Boyle. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. 
David Boyle is our guest. Uh, give him a chance to get a drink of water and everything because he's uh, uh, it's a little it's dry talking all those times uh, and getting all that information out. David, I do want to go back to the foundation formula for a second because some of the uh, some of the listeners expressed a little bit of shock. How did that start? You know, how does that work? How does that? How can they get an additional? Uh, you know, how can they get an additional chunk of people, uh, like you said, 41,000, but they're getting paid for 71,000? If you can explain a little bit more in detail how that portion works for the foundation formula, uh, I think the listeners would be appreciative of that. So, again, walk us through that again here. Uh, talk to me like I'm five and explain it to me. <laughs> or maybe pre K, Michael. Maybe pre K. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so like six steps in this in this foundation formula. The first one is called the school size adjuster. In other words, you get more money. Let's I'm going to say, let's say you have two schools with two hundred kids each, and you have one school with four hundred kids in it. You get more money for those two schools with the total number same number of students than you would if you get one building with 400 students in it. So they use a school size factor table to calculate, uh, to increase the student count. The next step is a district cost factor. And that's uh, multiply, your, your student population is then multiplied by the district cost factor. Now in Anchorage, the base is one. Uh, there's been efforts by the school board to increase that because they think the Matsu is cheaper to live in than Anchorage. Now, that school size cost district cost factor can go over two. I think it's like 2.2 or 2.3 times if you're out in some of the bush areas because the cost of living is dramatically higher out there. And that's the reason there is a district cost factor. And I understand that. I don't have a problem with that one. Uh, the special needs factor is, interestingly enough, vocational ed, bilingual education, and special ed. That's a factor of 1.2. So you take the number of students you've got from school size, you multiply it times a school district factor, then you multiply it times another 1.2 for every bilingual ed, special ed, and guess what? The gifted and talented program is in there as well. So every one of those students is in those programs, you multiply that student times 1.2. Um, so what the school districts actually, I think, uh, try to increase the number of special ed students. If you're like um, ADHD, ADD, et cetera, things like that, then you're, quote, you got a 504 plan, IEP, and you're special ed. So the more you have, the more money you get. Then, uh, oh, about six years ago, they also added another factor called what we would call vocational ed, career tech ed. That's another 1.015. You take that, you keep multiplying the student number as you go along. Now you multiply it times 1.05, the number of students jump up. So this is compounding. So what you're saying is it's compounding yes. each time. Yes, you keep, you're right. You keep multiplying as you go. And the intensive needs factor, uh, that's multiplied by the number of students that I've mentioned before that are intensive needs, multiplied by a factor of 13. And then that's added to what you already had. Then you go to the final step, which is correspondence students. You, like there are a lot of correspondence students now, by the way, in Anchorage. Like I think another two thousand correspondence students. Right. You multiply; they don't count as one. 
full student because they're really not in a brick and mortar school. So they're multiplied by nine tenths. And then you add that to the total you've already had. So you can get like an anchorage, you go from like 41,000 students and you come out after you multiply and add all these factors close to 73,000, 41,000 to 73,000 students. And then remember that hold harmless factor, that's added in as well. So that's it. Then, that's then it's all those numbers, that final number of 73,000 for Anchorage, for example, is multiplied times the base student uh, allocation, which is $5,960 this year. So the output is the important part to look at, not the input that the district focuses on. Right, right. Because if they're actually getting paid for 70,000 students versus the 41 actual physical thousand students they have there, that is... Uh, right. That's crazy. So it, now, the, now the district, and by the way, uh, they had the uh, Alaska Association of School Boards met um, last month in Anchorage, and there was a unanimous vote to inflation-proof the base student allocation. So, and, and, but the way they've, they form the uh, issue or frame the issue is we need to inflation proof the BSA. It's been flat funded since 2017 at $5,930. Well, they pick and choose their data points. If you go back to 2000 and you inflation proof the BSA from the 2000, BSA forward. It's inter it's interesting. The Anchorage the BSA hold would on. be 113. Hold on, David. I'm going to put you on hold for a second. We got to come back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay, we're finishing up here with uh, uh, with uh, David Boyle, education advocate, former uh, CEO of the Alaska Policy Forum. Um, we've been talking about, we just got a, a, another deeper dive into the foundation formula, which is just, if you missed it, you'll have to go back and listen to it on the podcast because it was very interesting. Um, and uh, I, I want to I continue on, David, with what we were talking about, but I need to move on to Fairbanks and the peninsula and other areas of the state which are also facing, uh, again, serious budget deficits. Uh, so give us, uh, give us a rundown here. I know Fairbanks has dealt with this it already. They had closed schools last year uh, in an attempt to factor in and fight their budget deficit. Uh, give us, let's start with Fairbanks. Tell me what's happening up there and what you think could uh, be you know, part of the solution. Well, from what I understand, <clears throat> talking to one of the board members up there, Fairbanks, Fairbanks has actually closed, quote, three of their schools. But they haven't closed three of their schools, it, really. They've closed, I think, one of their schools, and two of the others have been repurposed as such. But they've saved, um, oh, gosh, um, I'd hate to say, I believe it's like $3 million, and I'm not aware right now what their budget deficit is. But um, they're, they're working on it as well. Um, I'm sure uh, the Matsu is doing pretty well. Kenai is probably working on it as well. Of course, they don't have near the budget deficit because their budget is not near as big as the Anchorage budget. But um, one more thing, Michael, on, on inflation proof in the BSA. Sure. The, the um, 
<clears throat> they wanted the inflation proof the BSA starting in 2017. And I, I don't know if your listeners caught it, but if they, if they inflation proof the BSA starting at the year 2000 and coming forward to 2021, that BSA would be $113 less than it is today. Right. So they pick and choose their starting points, and uh, we need to call them out on that. Right. And I will call them out on that, by the way. So what I like, if I could, I'd like to talk about maybe uh, the performance of the schools in different areas. Sure. We got the final segment here, and we got about uh, we got about nine minutes. So go ahead. Okay. You know, this the state has a has a moving target for measuring um, um, how well our students are doing. It started years ago with the Iowa test, basic skills. The California Achievement Test, we weren't doing well. So then we developed our own standard-based assessment, uh, which was, which really was the big lie to parents and students. It showed like 80% of our students statewide were, were proficient in reading, but the number is much lower than that, as we know now. And then we went to the AMP test, the PEAKS test, and now the STAR test. So that's like seven of them in the last 20-some oh, years now. So... The Alaska STAR test is very, is very good, much better than what we've had before. It takes a measurement in the fall, a growth measurement, and takes one in the winter, and then it takes the actual test in the spring. In in the PEAKS test, but I'm going to go, I, I couldn't find, but interestingly enough, I could not find the STAR test results as much as I looked today on the uh, state's webpage. It's not there. I don't know why. Okay. So I'm going to look at the PEAKS test, which is from 2021. In Anchorage, well, statewide, first of all, in reading and writing, English language arts, only 40% of the students in this state are proficient in reading. Now, as I said before, the previous test said that 80% of our students, which was the big lie, were proficient in reading. In, in math, only 33% of the kids are proficient in math. This is all grades. Now, for all in grades three through nine, <clears throat> in Anchorage, 43% of the students are proficient. Fairbanks does better, 45. And look at you, Matsu. You're 50%. And Kenai is 49%. The best, the best school district in the state, doing really well, Skagway. Now, it's not a large school district. It only has like 160 students. 82%, 82% of their students are proficient in, in reading, nearly double of what Anchorage is. And I think it's because it's a smaller school, but I'm, and probably, I don't know, maybe more involvement from the parents. Um, in mathematics, we very, <clears throat> we're doing worse than we are in reading. Only, you know, about 37% in Anchorage are proficient. Fairbanks, 33% in math. Kenai, 35%. Dematsu is doing a little better at 42%. And I think it's because of the, the values there. And in Skagway, um, here again, 77%, more than double of what Anchorage, 77% of the students are proficient in math. I've come to the conclusion after looking at a lot of this stuff and, and nationwide and the national test, which is called NAEP, I think a lot of it has to do with the emphasis that parents and students put on education. In other words, it's the value system on where these people live. The number on, on the national test, the NAEP test, the number one school district is, guess what? I Skagway? The, the, 
the Department of Defense schools. Oh, the DOD schools on base and on post. Yes, and overseas, mostly overseas. Um, there, there are a few. They don't have any DOD schools in Alaska anymore. Um, the Anchorage School District took the ones over decades ago on, in uh, Elmendorf and Fort Rich. But they, they do have DOD schools. They're actually DOD schools in other parts of the country. And you know why? It's because the schools are so miserable in those areas where the bases are located. They couldn't get, let's say, higher ranking people to, to uh, go permanent change of station to those bases because the schools were so bad. So the Department of Defense decided, well, we'll fix that. We'll start our own schools <laughs> on the bases and, and post. But my bottom line is it's the value system of those parents and those children that determine maybe how well those schools and districts are doing. And I think that's also reflective in the Matsu and in, in the Eagle River area as well, and, the and, Eagle Academy. And this is not a new problem, David. Uh, I had a, I remember it was about 10 or 12 years ago, I interviewed a guy who didn't want to be named um, because, but he worked in the university system and he brought me statistics and, and, you know, showed me the, the stats and everything that showed that something like 70 plus percent of students that were enrolling in the University of Alaska in Fairbanks there had to take remedial math courses just to be able to enter 100 level college courses. The first basic college course level that something like 70 plus percent of the students were having to take remedial math to get in. This is 10 or 12 years ago. I mean, this is a this is a long-term problem when they have to get more teaching and more training that they should have gotten in high school just to get into college. I, I, the, the numbers I saw about five years ago were uh, <clears throat> that in the, I think, University of Alaska Anchorage, 50% of the new students had to take remedial um, reading and writing courses, and 60% of the students had to take remedial math courses. So I thought, wow, this is a big industry, because now the university system can have more, more teachers, more instructors, and more bureaucracy, because kids have to, it takes much longer for them to matriculate through the entire system. And um, that's a real, <laughs> that's a shame. It is. It's, on, a, on, and it's, it's a crying shame. And it's one of the things that we're really not focusing on. What we hear a lot is we need more money, but there is no accountability for the performance or for the outcome of the product you're producing. You want, you're producing a product, which is supposed to be an educated child and now an educated young adult. But in the end, you're producing poor results. We still have a, what, a mid-70s graduation rate, so one quarter of them flunk out at the end of the, at the, end of the uh, 12th grade and everything else already, and yet you want even more money with no guarantees and no accountability for how that money's going to be spent or what you're going to do differently to get a different outcome. You're, you're exactly right. Anchorage says they have an 82% graduation rate. Well, you look at the ninth grade uh, reading and it's somewhere like only 35% of the kids read at grade level in ninth grade. I don't think they read that much better when they graduate from high school. Maybe they can't even read their uh, diploma. There's some other ideas that, that I think could improve the education system in Alaska. Let's take that funding formula, throw most of those factors out and increase the BSA and give them, give them pretty much what they want. But let's not keep those factors in there. Uh, we could we could uh, uh, enlarge and fully fund our correspondence schools. You know, today, if, if you're a student want to go to correspondence school, 
most of those, you, you get like um, oh, $4,500, but you don't get it. That correspondence school gets it, like Idea or Raven. But if you go to the Family Partnership Charter School in Anchorage, you as a parent get like $4,000. You get almost all of it. There's very little overhead. Allow the funding to follow the student, not the darn buildings. Right. The back. Need, yeah. That's the that's the latest thing, right? I mean, they talked about this. They talked about vouchers. They talked about a lot of things. But the backpack funding seems to be gaining um, gaining momentum around the country. Donna Ardwin mentioned earlier in the chat room that Florida has already done that for special needs students. And some of the other communities are talking about it. That's where the money just follows the students. So wherever school you go to, the money follows you and you can go there. This seems like a no-brainer from a, from a parental standpoint of being able to have that school choice uh, wherever we need to go. Final thoughts, David, here. you got about 30 seconds. Well, we in Alaska are not doing very well. We need to do a lot better for our kids. I've, I've been focusing on education for more than a decade now. Well, almost two, dec two decades. It only because I firmly believe that the youth of our country have to be educated properly and very well to become good citizens for this nation. And I think we're seeing the results of our poorly uh, performing K-12 system throughout the nation today in the streets of this country. So folks, get engaged. If, you got, if you're a parent, have a student, ask yep. your teacher, D talk to the principal, demand accountability. David Boyle, thank you for coming in. Folks, tomorrow is Firearms Friday. Don't forget to get signed up for the bivy stick. The Michael Duke Show. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. David, any final thoughts here before I let you go? Because I got to go shovel snow, unfortunately. Uh, tell me, tell me, any final thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I don't know if this this is going to be a horrendous um, legislative session, Michael. We have a lot of people that are, um, you know, NEA sponsored. You, you know, like, um, oh gosh, Elise Galvin was Great Alaska Schools lady, one of the founders of that group. I call it Great Alaska School Budgets. They just want wanted more money. Um, we have. Um, what Tom Begich's uh, chief of staff, uh, Loki Tobin, Tobin Loki, whatever it is. Right. She um, she's she's going to be pushing. I actually think Tom Begich, you know, his wife runs the uh, Coalition for Education Equity. That group used right. to be SEAC, now it's CEE. Um, I think he's probably got out of the legislature so he can pursue a lawsuit with them on funding on not funding enough for K-12 in Alaska. Right. Oh, you got Bjorkman, Bjorkman down in the peninsula and others. I mean, there's a lot of school advocates who are getting involved in that. So we definitely need to get it going. David, thank you for coming on board. Merry Christmas to you and yours. I appreciate you being part of it today. Thank you for coming on and joining us. Thank you, Michael. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. All right, folks, uh, that about does it for us today. Like I said, I got to get out of here. Got to go grip my hands on a shovel, unfortunately. We will see you tomorrow. Don't forget to sign up for the thing over here. Five days of Christmas. Congratulations to Willie Keppel, by the way, for winning that bivy stick for today. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 